Hey guys, it's your girl G and welcome back to Set It Off the Podcast. So, I'm sorry it's been taking so long to come out with another episode. It's crazy because I already recorded an episode um, and I had everything that I was ready to speak about, but I believe that God put something else in my heart to talk about. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna hold off and I'm going to talk about this. I chose to speak about this instead. I feel like God just put in my heart to speak about what I am going to speak about today. And yeah, he told me to just switch the direction for this week's episode. And so as the good, obedient disciple <laughs> that I am, I, I just decided to talk about this instead, right? So <sighs> today's episode is going to be a little bit hard for me because this is something that happened to me personally. And um, yeah, so... I'm going to try not to cry during this episode because um, it is still fresh and uh, but I learned so much. So God was just like, you're going to have to talk about this in your next episode. So this is today's episode. So two weeks ago, I was robbed at gunpoint. (laughs) It was honestly just bear with me just because this is kind of like hard for me to even speak about. Um, I was very reluctant to speak about it. And there's not many people who's known what's happened. I've actually haven't told my family about what happened. Because being that I'm here in a new city, my family's so far away, I just don't want them to worry about me. And, um, so me not telling them was really for their own protection. Honestly, I'm not even sure if they listen to my podcast, but if they listen, yeah, this happened. I guess they're going to find out with the rest of y'all, right? (sighs) But it was really for their protection. I didn't tell them. So, um, I was robbed at gunpoint two weeks ago. So, um, here's what happened. So... I was with two of my girlfriends and we were we were all going to have drinks and food at a restaurant. So as we are walking to this restaurant, um, I'm walking with my girlfriends. I'm kind of behind them, but we're still relatively close to each other. And there is a U-Haul truck that's driving towards us. So we're driving in one direction and the U-Haul truck is coming um, directly um, facing us. And... Uh, just to set the scene, it was not that laid out. Okay, I had to be up in the morning. So I told myself I need to be home before midnight. This was before midnight. Um, It wasn't even that dark out. And just to give you guys context, this is a high traffic area is downtown Houston, high traffic area, there are people in the streets, a lot of restaurants, there's a lot going on. So I didn't feel kind of I didn't feel in danger sort of speak. So, um, me and my girlfriends, we're walking and there's a U-Haul truck, um, kind of, there's a U-Haul truck coming towards us, right? There's a U-Haul truck coming towards us and they're driving kind of slow, but I, I don't know, it, nothing registered in my mind. And then, um, They're driving kind of slow towards us, which was weird, but nothing that made me feel kind of like alert or in danger. It didn't register in my mind as that. And then the U-Haul truck is driving by super slow. And the guy in the U-Haul truck starts saying something to my friend. Now, I'm kind of behind my friend, kind of seeing what's going on. Honestly, in my head, it registered as like, these are men in a car trying to holler at my girls because my girls look good, period. But then I see one 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 of my girlfriends dash off like I'm talking she dashes off and a guy hops out of the U-Haul truck with a gun and just from my perspective the guy so there was two guys in the U-Haul truck one was driving one was in the passenger seat the guy in the passenger seat hops out of the U-Haul truck and has a gun in my friend's face talking about I don't even want to repeat what he was saying, but he was basically 
barking out orders. Give me the money. Give me the money. Like that. So it was hella scary. It was, I, I kind of laugh about it just as like, kind of like a trauma response. So don't take my laughing about it because um, as something as it wasn't serious, I have the tendency of doing that just because that's how I cope with things. But it was super traumatic just to, in my point of view, just to see a black man hop out a car with a gun to my friend's face. And my friend is kind of trying to process what is going on. I didn't think she, I didn't think she realized what was going on until it was going on. So I am in full panic mode and I run off. Right. And just to give you guys context, I am in a bright neon green highlighter green top. So I'm running. I start. But listen, one thing about it, two things for sure. I would I, honestly my mind at that time, like. One of us got to live to tell the story, girl. So I kind of almost felt bad. But like my you know, you have a response when you're in a when your body feels like it's in a dangerous situation. You have typically fight or flight or freeze fight, fight, flight or freeze. So one of my girlfriends, she she flew. She flew. She she once she seen the car driving by slowly with the headlights off. I didn't even realize the headlights were off. Once she realized that she just ran. She didn't even see the gun. Nothing. She just ran. Something didn't seem right. So she ran. And then my other friend was kind of trying to figure out what was going on. So she kind of froze. Right. And me, you were like me. Once I seen that, I ran. I, I'm not fighting. I'm running. OK. And so when I seen the gun to her, I realized, OK, I am in grave danger. One of us got to live to tell this story. I could identify him, sis. I got to run. And so. As he has the gun to my friend's face, I take this as an opportunity to run for my life. Okay. I was not trying to figure out what was going on. I ran and I'm wearing this bright color that made me really look like a moving target. Like if he wanted to shoot me, I look like just the easiest aim. I'm not wearing no dark colors. I can't even blend in with the dark bright. You could see me at night during the day, everything. I'm wearing a bright color, right? And so honestly, I was running for my life. I'm screaming at the top of my lungs and really I'm kind of anticipating getting shot in the back. Like I was kind of bracing myself to get shot in the back. Now I'm running for my life. I was wearing heels and I ran out them heels. I'm stepping on all types of debris, glass. And this guy is now shifted his focus from my friend and started running towards me so I'm getting chased down and I realized how fast this man is moving like listen I am not athletic I knew I cannot outrun this man okay and so he's yelling he's barking at me give me the money give me the money right and so I had my purse on my shoulder and I something just told me drop the purse right I just dropped the purse and I kept running. I ran behind a house. And so um, then I heard the car skirt off in my purse. I had my phone. I had my ID. I had my <laughs> I had my cars. I had everything in there, but I had my keys in my hand. Praise the Lord. I I hold my keys as like a ring in my fingers. So praise the Lord. I still had my car keys, but everything else was taken from me. I had some money in there because I was going to go out to eat. So, yeah, but I had never stared down the barrel of a gun. I've never been chased with a gun. I've never had nobody point a gun to me. So I was traumatized. Right. So after these guys skirted off, took my purse, everything. I start hyperventilating and crying because I realized how close I came to dying. Like, honestly, when somebody's that desperate, they're almost unpredictable. Like, you don't know if you're being robbed for your money, for your belongings, or this is somebody who's trying to kill you. You don't know their frame of mind. And clearly, they're not thinking logically. Obviously, you're you're robbing somebody in a high traffic area where there's other people in the parking lot when somebody is that brazen that bold honestly I don't think you're thinking with logic and I don't like 
I'm not putting anything past you when you're being that bold and you don't care, right? <sighs> wow, my body's kind of getting tense. Hold on. My body's kind of almost getting tense because I could just feel myself in that position. And, and once they skirted off and I felt like I wasn't in immediate danger anymore, I just started bawling my eyes out. And when I say I'm crying and hyperventilating, having a whole pan, it's three in one. I'm, you know, when you cry, and you, <laughs> it's like you crying, but you kind of trying to catch your breath at the same time. Like it was like that. And, and, and immediately I just started praying immediately I'm like thank you God I'm like pacing back and forth no shoes on I'm walking on anything at this point I done twisting my ankles everything and I'm just like thank you God thank you God that 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 I'm alive thank you for because at the end of the day everything is replaceable everything is materialistic I was just thanking God that I I still had my life right because my life is worth more than anything I had in that purse right so I just realized how close I came to dying because really they could have just shot the gun out of like panic, out of like desperation. You don't know what that person could have done. So I don't know. In that moment, my instinct was to just thank God that I was alive. It was just a very scary situation. I I got home and I, for those of you who, who are asking, did you file a police report? Did you call the cops? And da -da -da -da. we called the cops. They took forever to get there. I was not going to wait at the scene just in case they came back. I don't want to know. I'm leaving. I'm going home. I have nothing to show for at this point, right? Like you guys know, I'm in Houston by myself. So the only thing that has had me cemented and kept me grounded was knowing that God is protecting me. God is protecting me. I'm divinely protected. I would, that was my, my, my thing. I would always tell myself, I'm divinely protected. God is why I'm, I'm divinely protected. I'm divinely protected because I need to hold on to that being that I'm here by myself. Right. And so that's what I would constantly tell myself. And that's what would keep me grounded. And that's, that's what would kind of let me go out into the world. Not, not feeling anxious or looking behind my shoulders because I'm like, God is protecting me. God is protecting me. And so after that happened, it kind of made me question my sense of security. To have a gun pulled out on you, it's going to make you question your sense of security. Like, wow. Like I would walk around thinking I'm divinely protected. I'm protected. I'm protected. And then to be robbed at gunpoint like that was just honestly very, very traumatic. Like I never had a gun so close to me. Okay. And so I came home and I was just still in a state of panic. I, I, I still couldn't register what just happened to me. And, and I went to my friend's house because I have a friend her name's Serena. Shout out to you, girl, period. That's my sister from another mister, period. And it, it feels so good that she lives down the hall from me. Like, I could literally go to her house down the hall. Like, literally, if I look out my door and she looks out her door, we could say what's up, okay? And to have somebody that close, I went to her house. And it was after, at this point, I don't know what, it was late. And I'm somebody, I don't even like to go to some people's houses late, but I realized I needed somebody to pray for me. I did not feel safe. I almost didn't even want to sleep in my house because I did not feel safe anymore. Like they stripped my sense of safety away from me. And so I'm crying hysterically. And I, I went to my friend's house and I just asked her to pray for me. And it's, it's so, it feels so good to have friends that could just pray for you, right? You know, when you lose IDs, when you lose purses, when you lose certain stuff, your phone, da, 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 you don't realize how inconvenient it becomes not having your ID, not having a card, not having none, none of that. You don't realize how inconvenient it is because I had to cancel all my cards. I had to reorder them. Took forever, first of all. Now, I can't order an Uber because... I don't have any cards. I only had one card. For those of you guys who are like, oh, you don't got many cards? I only had one card, right? And so um, I can't order Uber because I don't have my debit card on me. I can't order um, 
I can't drive because I don't have my license on me. God forbid I get pulled over and I didn't have a phone. So the next day I had went to a grocery store that has the kiosk of my service provider. Right. And I went there to go buy another phone um, because I need a phone to run my business. That's how my clients get in touch with me. Everything cool. So um, I need to get another phone. First things first. Right. First of all, I'm a true crime fanatic and I listen to these stories. And it's crazy because when you listen to stories of true crimes and crazy things that happen to people, you always feel like you're going to be prepared when it happens to you. Oh, if I was in that situation, I would have done this. I would have should have could have would have. But when you're in that situation, and that adrenaline is in your system. You really don't know what you're going to do until you're in that situation. So it's like it kind of changed my perspective. Like I can't even. It's like you 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 try to prepare yourself and mentally like if I'm in this situation, this is what I'm going to do. But when you're in that situation, I'm running and I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. OK, <laughs> yeah. When I was at this grocery store, I felt like. All of my security was taken from me. I did not feel safe. At first, I would walk around in the world saying I was protected and I wouldn't even feel the need to look over my shoulders. I didn't care. I'm walking around like the world is the safest space because God got me. Right. And after this happened, I didn't feel that way anymore. I felt like I didn't feel that way anymore. I felt like I was unprotected. I felt vulnerable. I felt like a target. I felt like a victim almost, you know, like I was feeling anxious, anxiety. Like I caught myself kind of like, for those of you guys watching, I'm going to demonstrate what I was doing in the grocery store, right? I was literally pinching myself, like grabbing onto my arm and digging my nails into my arm to kind of, kind of like a coping mechanism. I didn't even realize I was doing it until I was doing it. Right. I didn't even realize I was even doing it because I felt like everybody in the grocery store was looking at me when men looked at me. I felt anxious, especially because these were black men. OK, these could have been my brothers. They look he he could have been my brother. These are black men like. I'm sorry, but a lot of times I don't feel afraid of black men like I grew up around black people when I see black people I'm not clenching my purse I'm not like I'm cool I'm straight you know but like since these were men that look like my guy friends that look like my brothers my my father my uncles my cousins it was like that almost made it worse for me right that almost made it worse for me because now I'm at this grocery store and every man that looks at me I don't feel protect. I'm like, stop looking at me. Stop looking at me. Stop. Look oh my God. Is he going to hurt me? Like almost like that. And I was, I, I had a panic attack in the middle of this grocery store. Now, while I'm in this grocery store, I am fighting back tears. Okay. So boom, I'm going I'm, I'm to give you guys context. I went to go pay for another phone. And, um, first of all, they gave me the phone and it was on like 1%. So I'm like, um, y'all gonna need to charge this before y'all give this phone to me. Okay. So while the phone is charging, because this is a grocery store inside this grocery store, there are like kind of restaurants, like a Chinese food store or whatever. So I went to go get food while my phone was being charged. And so as I'm waiting for my food, it's almost like in my head is like, I gotta get out. I gotta get out. I gotta get out. Meanwhile, there was no reason for me to I wasn't in danger. I had a anxiety attack, panic attack to the point where I started crying in the middle. Of, I'm, I'm fighting back tears. And you know, when you're fighting back tears, it almost you be losing a fight every single time. OK, I start rubbing my eyes, like rubbing my eyes as if like there's something in my eye. Right. Just to kind of hide the fact that I'm literally here crying in the grocery store because I feel I don't feel safe. I'm just like, I need to go home immediately. I don't feel safe out here. Everybody's looking at me. And this could have all been in my head because of what just happened. So after this happened, I was having panic attacks. Um, I had trouble sleeping because I would I would have nightmares about the situation. It would constantly repeat in my head. I would constantly replay what happened in my head and what I could have done different. Like maybe if I had a gun in my purse. It could have went differently, but honestly, I feel like if I had a gun in my purse, it probably would have made matters worse because if they see a gun, if I pull out a gun 
and they feel like they're in danger. They could shoot first and because they scared that I might shoot them. Right. So I'm like running the situation over and over in my head. And I keep waking up out of nowhere, like sleep, wake up out of nowhere, just like going on all night for days. I'm having nightmares. I can't go anywhere because I feel anxious. Like it was just terrible. So that Sunday I went to church, right? The group that I serve with, they always ask, we always meet up before we serve and they always ask if we have prayer requests and God put in my heart to ask them to pray for me because I was feeling anxious. I was having nightmares. I was having anxiety. I was looking over my shoulder. I just didn't feel safe anymore. And so um, they prayed over me and I kind of got a sense of peace after that. They kind of got me to focus on the positive, right? Like you're alive, you're well, God is protecting you. God was with you. He didn't let that situation could have went so much differently, but you made it home. You're alive, right? And I realized once I started thinking about the situation that way, things changed for me because I like to say your thoughts create your reality, right? What you what you water is what's going to grow. When I was telling myself, you are not safe here. You got to look over your shoulders. Keep your head on a swivel. They after you. Guess what? That's what was reality. That's when I had my whole panic attack at the grocery store. That's when I felt like, oh, my God, everybody's looking at me. That that probably wasn't even the truth. Right. But because my mind was there, it created my reality up to the point where I started crying. I'm digging my nails into my arms because I'm having a whole panic attack. And you know why I had that panic attack? Because I was telling myself, like, you're not safe. Like, you got to get out of here. You're not safe. You're not protected. Right. But when I shifted my perspective into this is confirmation that God is protecting you. This is confirmation that you are divinely protected. Because guess what? That man could have pulled the trigger. And you would have been done. Right. This situation taught me so much. And once I shifted my perspective, you know, like <sighs> Christians love to say people love to say everything happens for a reason. You know, it's, it's, it's cool for me to sit here and try to motivate you and encourage you. And sometimes when you're going through those trials and tribulations and those hardships, when it's hard, it's hard to think of positive stuff. It is like I'm not going to I I would feel like a hypocrite for me to sit here and and try to motivate you and speak life into you. When when I go through hardships and when things are difficult for me, it's hard. Like I'm just going to be like as transparent with you as I can. It's hard when you're in that situation to think, oh, my God, yes, God is protecting me. Like then why was I staring down a barrel of a gun? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's hard when you're going through it to like just think about God and his promises and try to keep the right mindset. Like It's hard. Okay. People love to say, you know, everything happens for a reason. There's a reason in everything. And I'm like, what was the reason? 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 You almost want to ask that when you're going through your troubles and your heartache and everything, it's just like, what was the reason? <laughs> what was the reason? It's kind of like, that's kind of like where my mind automatically grows, but you have to be intentional. I realized that that needed to happen. And let me tell you why, right? When I was trying to replace my driver's license, I went through my DMV to try to reorder a New York license. Come to find out my license is suspended. I said, hold up, <laughs> hold up. Now think about it. If I would have never got robbed, if I would have never got it stolen, I would have never known that I was driving around with a suspended license. I said, well, hold up now. Why is it suspended? I found out why it was suspended. I'm working through it. I'm not going to tell the girls my business. I would have never known that I was driving around with the suspended license. So I was like, okay, God, I see the purpose. It needed to happen. I get it. Cool. Right. God allowed this to happen because babes, God know I could never survive in jail. <laughs> Bond me out, babe. If they would have pulled me over with a suspended license, guess what? I'm be in jail. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to prison. Yeah. The sad part, you're not going to jail. You're going to prison. <laughs> that way. Yeah, I would have been in jail, right? And so 
um, I realized that it needed to happen. The pastor was talking about like controlled fires, right? Like there's a controlled fires. There's, there's firefighters that set fires intentionally in a controlled environment where they could control it. And I realized this was a controlled fire. Cause yes, fire, fire, the building's on fire. The roof is on fire, but it's a controlled fire. God allowed it to happen because he knew that there was lessons that I needed to learn. Right. And I felt like God was challenging me because it's like, I walk around and he knows like fear, fear is something that I struggle with because being out here by myself, you have to have that sense of security, that sense of peace that God is God got me. God watching over me. God got me. You have to have it. Right. Because if I feel like, oh, my God, I'm here by myself. Oh, my God, I feel like I can, my my family's that far away. And I cannot live like that. The easiest thing for me to do is to trust God. The easiest thing for me to do is to believe that I'm divinely protected. And it reminded me of this verse in the Bible. It's Psalms 56, three to three through four. It says, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise, in God, in God, I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? It's crazy because I remember... I heard this girl saying like, can't nobody put, put, put fear in my heart. The only person I fear is God. Yeah. And she was saying it in a ratchet sense, but she was real though. Like you do not have to fear other people. The only person you got to fear is God. Put your trust in God. He going to protect you period point blank. And I realized I'm here unharmed, untouched, right? Like I'm, I made it home. I made it home and God allowed me to be able to sit here and tell my story. Right. And so you don't have to fear man because can't nobody touch you unless God, they got to ask God to touch you, period. And so I wish this was where the story ended, (laughs) but that following week. So this had happened on a Friday. I went to church on a Sunday. I had my people pray for me and then Sunday, Monday passed, Tuesday passed. Now this is Wednesday, right? So this is all happening within a span of two weeks, not even two weeks, right? Honestly, at this point, a week hadn't even went by, right? Not even a week later, my church had a youth service. Now this is a youth service that happens once a month, right? And um, I wanted to go, like I wanted to go. And just to give you guys context, I don't even live 10 minutes away from my church. To be exact, I live seven minutes away from my church. I should have ordered an Uber, but I don't have my card. My card is not here yet. So I can't order an Uber, right? So I'm like, God gonna need to protect me behind this wheel. Jesus needs to take this wheel, okay? Because one thing about it, two things for sure, I'm going to that youth service. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sitting behind the wheel. I'm shaking. Cause I know I ain't got no business being behind the wheel with no suspended license. Right. I'm driving at the speed limit period. I'm driving two hands on the wheel. I ain't trying to get pulled over for nothing. Okay. Cause if I pulled, get pulled over, it's giving very much bail me out of jail. Soon as service is done, I don't even talk to nobody. I'm like, baby, I gotta get home. (laughs) Yeah. I gotta get home. So cool. Now I put my car in reverse. I'm trying to back out of the parking garage. I put my car in reverse. I go to put it in drive and then my gear shifts start acting up. I said, Lord have mercy. I want to give you a contact. This is, I've only had this car for one year. Okay. This is new car. Only had it for a year. This car ain't got no business acting up. I just got it. Okay. And I got it service a month ago. They said, I'm good. I'm straight. So I'm like, ain't no way the devil is working. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So while I'm behind the wheel and it was driving smoothly, this is the first time I had ever had any sort of problems with the car. So I turn off the car and I was like, okay, (laughs) this can't be happening right now. You know what I mean? Like this cannot be happening right now. Let me start it back up (laughs) and hope it works the way it's supposed to. Okay. The car is not moving. The gear shift is acting up. The car is like stuck in reverse. Um, like it shows that it's stuck in reverse. The car is not moving for nothing. (laughs) Right. And so, you know, like when your car start acting up, you say a quick prayer, Lord, God, please, please, please make it start. Please make it start. And then you try to start it back up and then hope it. But I realized when I was saying that prayer, 
I was saying that prayer and I, I, I was I was hoping that it would work. When you hope it works, you also have doubt in the back of your mind. Like you're hoping and you're wishing like, God, I'm going to say this prayer real quick. Please let it work. Please. I'm hoping that it's work. Please. In the Bible, it says when you ask for something, there cannot be no doubt. You have to believe that it's going to happen. Okay. Now, when I was asking God to let the car start up, there was a little doubt in there. Not that I was doubting God, but I was hoping that it would work. Hoping and believing is two different things. When you hope, there's also doubt in there. Like, I hope this works. Fingers crossed. I'm crossing everything. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. I'm crossing my toes. I'm crossing my legs. I'm hoping this car works because really I ain't got no business driving. I, I called my friend and I told her, please come over here because if anything, I could say she was driving because really, just to remind y'all, I ain't got no business being on the road with a suspended license. Okay, so I'm I'm panicking at this point and she went there and and she came with her mans and her mans was kind of trying to figure out what was wrong with the car I was like please just I'm I'm like I'm in the corner praying like oh God please let it work please let it work please 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 no okay it was not working because I was still hoping and I wasn't believing right so um when I see he's doing everything in his power and his might to get that car to work and it's still not working, girl, I, I break down. I literally break down and start crying. Okay, I start crying. Oh, Lord, Hammer. And the reason why I was panicked so much is because I couldn't get my car towed. Now, just to give you guys context, we're in a underground public parking garage now this parking garage is shared with my church but there's other uh, there's a hotel there so they kind of share parking and um my car was kind of blocking all this was kind of like in the middle of where cars are supposed to like go through and stuff so it's in an inconvenient space if my car stays here yeah it's they're gonna tow it and I've gotten my car towed before and you need to show your ID to get your car back to prove that this car belongs to you. Now, I don't have my ID because I don't have a physical ID. I said my car cannot be towed because if my car is towed and I don't have a physical ID. I'm screwed. I cannot show to them that I, I, I don't have any proof, physical proof that this car belongs to me. That's one. Number two. Since my my ID is suspended, they're not going to issue me a replacement ID until it's not suspended uh, unless I get a non-driver's ID. That's neither here or there. So it's going to take a while before I get my ID. Now, if you leave your car in the tow yard, they add charges every single day. I don't know. Some places, let's say $100 every day that you leave your car there, right? So by the time I get my ID, that car is done. I I I. I almost can't afford to even take it out of the tow yard. So I need y'all to just understand the, the, the dilemma that I was in and why I was so panicked. I was like, bro, I cannot get my car towed because if I get my car towed, I have nothing to prove that this is my car. OK, so now I'm in full blown panic mode. Right. And it's just so crazy how God works, because honestly, I have the tendency of being self-sufficient, right? I'm a, I could do bad all by myself. Okay. I'm somebody like, move over. Let me just do it by myself. I don't like to ask for help. <laughs> it's hard for me to even receive help. So I feel like God put me, God allowed my car to break down at the time that it did, because I don't think I would have felt as vulnerable had my, had I had my ID and my debit card. I would have just been like, okay, whatever. I'm going to just get it towed to the, I would have just been like, okay, whatever. I have everything I need to show for. I could pay for a tow. I could pay for this. Da, 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 da. Cool. I have stuff to show for, right? But since I had nothing to show for, it put me in a very vulnerable position. And since I'm so self-sufficient, being in a vulnerable position is exactly where I needed to be in order to be positioned to even ask for help. So now I'm crying, full-blown boohoo crying. I had makeup on, mascara's running down my face. I look crazy. And it's just crazy how God allowed my car to be stopped on church grounds, on holy ground, okay? Just to give y'all context because it's crazy because my car could have stopped in the middle of the highway. 
it's crazy because earlier that day, I wanted to drive to a restaurant earlier that day, that same day. But something told me, nah, you know what? I'm not going to do it. You know, I ain't got no license. It's not really worth it for me. But church was worth it for me. So I was going to take that risk. One thing about it, two things for show. Yeah, I'm going to risk it all for the Holy Ghost. Can I get an amen? Let me stop playing. But for real, though, earlier that day, I wanted to go get food at a restaurant. But something told me no. Now, if my car had stopped at that restaurant, there's no telling who I could have gotten help by, but God allowed my car to stop at the church. I didn't get two feet away from where I was parked at the church. So, you know, in hindsight, I felt like everything happened for a reason. Now I'm walking towards the church and these girls see me crying, you know, and we had just come from you. And, and so they're kind of trying to help me. They're like, what's wrong? What do you need? Like what's going on? Da, da, da. So I told them, I was robbed at gunpoint less than a week ago. I have nothing to show for it. I can't get my car towed. I can't get my car to start. I can't get my car towed. I have nothing to show for. I need help. And they're like, you know what? There's still a bunch of people inside the church. Let's see. We're going to go inside and see if we could. There has to be somebody who knows, has some kind of knowledge about cars, right? They went and they found these three guys, right? And now these guys look like, the one thing about it two things for sure them them men look like they could they could get this car started okay i don't know you know how when you look like somebody like yeah you look like you could start a car Mm -hmm. so they bring out these they look like fathers like uncles i was like yeah they reminded me of my father i was like yeah these guys could definitely yeah one thing about it two things for sure they could get that car running right and long story short they didn't they tried everything, <laughs> okay? They was on YouTube. They popped the hood. They was jiggling stuff. Now, when they couldn't get it started, <laughs> it's almost comical because I just, I just start crying. I start full-blown crying, crying harder than I was crying before because I'm like, oh, my God, like, no. And there's purpose in everything because I realized I was meant to meet them. It was a divine connection, and their purpose wasn't to get the car started. Their purpose was not to get the car started. Their purpose was to just be there with me, hold space for me. You know, I realized that before I even had a problem, God had a solution for me. Before my car wouldn't work, God had a solution for me and meeting those men were a divine connection because they were telling me the part of the church. Now I go to a huge church. I have any, I, I, I still be getting lost at that church. Okay. It is a mega church and the part of the church where they were found on, they're never there. They're never on that lower level of the church where those girls had grabbed them from. They're like, it's crazy. Cause we're never even on that side of church. We're usually on the upper level. So the fact that you even caught us was just God himself. And I realized that God sent those men for a reason and their purpose may not have been to get that car up and started. I, I felt like their purpose was to hold space for me and God put me in a position where I was uncomfortable so that I could ask for help because I struggle with asking for help, you know, and um, having those people that were faith minded, like minded. We went to the same church. We had the same beliefs. They they helped shift my perspective. They're like, listen, we're going to stay here until you get this figured out. And they were kind of guiding me through what I had to do. They're like, listen, it was almost like I felt like. God sent me like a surrogate father. If this would have happened when I was back home, I'd just call my parents. They're down the street. They're going to pull up, period. But since I'm here, I'm by myself. It kind of makes you panic more like I don't know nobody, you know. And so that kind of makes the situation kind of even worse. And and being that you're here, you're by yourself, you have nobody that you could really call. Like God, I realized God sent me those people and just to give you guys context, we're underground. I'm in Texas in an underground parking garage. It is hot. Now, I'm not even working on the car trying to get the car started, and I'm hot. I'm sweating, okay? And to have everybody just stay with me the whole entire time, sweating bullets. Because one thing about it, two things for sure, I'm like, girl, sister, I'm going to pray for you. God got you. You're going to be in my prayers, babe. But I'm hot, and I got to go. <laughs> Jesus loves you, but I got to go, baby. I got to put me first. I got to put me first. I got to put me first. 
God sent me a surrogate father because like he knew back home I would have just called my father and he would have helped me figure it out. But here those men served as my father. They were literally walking me through what I needed to do next. And that kind of put my, 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 my mind at ease, you know, like it kind of made me kind of stop crying because I realized I looked around and I had people with me. They were kind of like guiding me through the situation and, and. I was just overwhelmed and I called my insurance and I was like, listen, I need roadside assistant. Explain to them the situation. And they informed me that I only had liability. Now I said, now I know you lying because my car is financed. There's no dealership that's going to let you finance a car and let you have liability on it. Especially if you're paying off the car, you have to have full. You can't finance a car and have full and not have full coverage. It don't make no. So I'm like, baby. Check back in your system. Some ain't right. <laughs> yeah, baby, I'm fully covered. Come to find out the only thing was covering me was the blood of the lamb. The only thing. <laughs> I was driving around with liability on my car. And so they had told me like, no, for roadside assistance, babe, you're going to have to pay for it. Now, I can't pay for it because I don't got a card. They need your card information. I call my friend and I'm like, and I, now I'm telling my friend, like, do you have a car? I'll just pay you. Da -da -da. She's like, I didn't bring my card with me. Nothing. I said, I need you to understand, like, you know, when things you know when you're in a difficult situation and it just keeps getting more difficult it's like I'm literally ready to pull my hair up. I don't know it's like I literally wanted to just get in a corner ball up and cry literally and so I just felt so helpless and now her man's shout out to you period you a real one and I like you for my friend period he was like I'll pay it like that's not an issue now the guy, the guys at the church, they were like, hold on, some ain't right. Let me talk to your insurance company. It's crazy because I felt like he was my father. I was like, yes, father. It was like a serious. I felt like he stood in the place of like, that's what my dad would have did. Like, hold up now. Let me talk to the insurance company because the math ain't mathing, right? So he spoke to the insurance company. Come to find out, yeah, I really did have liability. He was like, well, thank God that you found out now, because if you got into an accident with liability, the only person that's covered is the person you got into the accident with. Your insurance is not going to help you. And not only that, if you get in an accident and you can't pay for it, can't pay for repairs on your car and your insurance don't cover those repairs. Guess what? That car that you're financing. Yeah, you still going to have to pay them back whether or not you're driving the car. None of that. They don't care. <laughs> that's why these finance companies they only want you to have full coverage so just in case something happens you're straight since you driving around with liability if you get in a car crash you still gonna have to pay the finance company they don't care that's none of their business you still gonna pay yeah <laughs> yeah babe you still gonna pay mm. and i would have never known that i was driving around all confident like yeah 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 i'm straight i'm good yeah yeah i'm lit i'm fully covered i would have never known had my car not gotten stopped that's why i'm saying like sometimes when you're in it it's hard to see the purpose right it's, especially when you're in hardships it's hard to see the purpose like why is this going on why is this happening to me my car could have broke down any other time why now when i just got i'm traumatized i just got robbed at gunpoint like literally it was meant to happen that way. I would have never known that I was driving around with liability. Had I not gotten needed that roadside assistance. So when the towing company was coming, right? When the towing company was coming, they had to put my car in neutral and push the car, right? <sighs> it's so crazy. Because while I was watching these five men these five men pushed the car. I started to feel overwhelmed. I realized what God was doing, right? I realized that God sent me people before I even needed them, right? Like, it's crazy because God had, I realized that God had a solution before I even had a problem. God knew I couldn't push that car. Just to give you guys context, they're pushing the car out of the underground 
parking garage because these tow cars are kind of high and they could uh, they they can't go under um certain parking garages because it's too low so they had to push my car out of the parking garage so as these five men are pushing them i just get overwhelmed with gratitude like i realized god sent me these men because he knew i couldn't push that car out of that parking garage he knew He's like, girl, I got you. So I realize in my times of trouble, God has been there. I realize in that moment, this is confirmation that I am divinely protected. This is confirmation that God is with me. It reminds me of this verse. There's a verse in the Bible and this like basically sums up everything. It's Isaiah 43 verses two. Check this one out, right? It goes, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you over. When you walk through the fire, you will not get burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. I realized in that moment, God's been with me. When I had that gun pull out on me, God was there and he protected me. When these car troubles happens, God's been there. Like in every trouble that I had God has been there it don't matter what you go through the troubles the trials the tribulations the hardships like it's not gonna stop you from your purpose like this ain't going this ain't the you know like sometimes when inconveniences troubles all of that happen we kind of think it's the end of the world like oh my god like this is the end all be all oh my god it's the end of the world but it's not like this is not gonna stop my purpose I was like when I was in that space in, in, instead of praying and having doubt, hoping that the car works, fingers crossed. I started praying like, God, everything happens for a reason. Once I realized like, wow, this was meant to happen. After I realized the thing with the insurance and how God allowed the car to stop where it did. And I was driving, I, I was having all these new revelations, these new awarenesses, because I was driving around, I didn't know, right? I, I just started thanking God. I was like, God, thank you, because this was meant to happen. All this that happens, I'm still going to reach my purpose. I'm still going to reach my destiny. You have to understand, it's like a GPS. Like, a GPS, a destination has many routes. You could go this way, you could go that way. You, It don't matter what route you take. Some routes take longer than others. Some routes are shorter than others. Some routes are bumpy. Some routes are more difficult than others but guess what the destination is still always the same it don't matter what route you take when you put in google maps and you put in a desk a destination they have several options there's several routes you could take some routes gonna take you longer some routes got tolls some routes got a whole lot but guess what the end is still gonna be the same you still gonna make it to where you're supposed to go so i started thinking god yeah this is inconvenient but this, I'm still going to make it where I'm supposed to make it. I believe that we have a predetermined destiny. Our destiny is already written out. So I started thinking like, God, thank you because this ain't going to stop my destiny. Yeah, thank you because this ain't going to stop my destiny. Like, yeah, this is inconvenience. Yeah, this is annoying. But I realized that you allowed it to happen for a reason. And I realized that there's purpose in that. You know, sometimes when we're going through the trouble, we just see the now. Like, it sucks now. I don't want to be in this right now. Like, but God, we serve a God that knows the beginning, the middle, and the end. He sees the beginning. He's seen the past. He knows the now, and he knows the future. We just see the now. And I feel like oftentimes we have, like, we struggle with the unknown, not knowing. And I feel like the easiest thing is to just trust God. I'm like, God, thank you, because although I just see the now, I know that this ain't going to stop me from going where I need to go. Like, this going to make it go a little slower, but I'm still going to get there. I'm still on the way. I'm still on the right path. Yeah, I'm going to pay a toll and it's going to slow me down just a little bit. But I'm still going to get there. And I thank you for it. It's crazy because as these men were pushing the car, it was it was kind of going fast. It was kind of smooth. Right. But then there was a point where they were stuck in one place. Now, just to give you guys context, I just want to set the scene for you. We're in an underground parking lot. This is after midnight at this point. 
the youth service is done. The service done ended at nine. The whole garage is just emptied out. There's only one car in the parking garage and that's my friend's man's car. And I'm my friend. God bless her. You a real one. You my sister for real because she wasn't even feeling well. She had worked all day. She wasn't feeling well. She was knocked out in the car, but she was still holding space for me and she never left my side. And I thank God for her every day. She was a divine connection within herself, period. And, but she was still there for me. So as these five men are pushing the car, I'm in the parking lot. My friend is in the car, passed out and I'm in the parking lot. I'm just pacing back and forth and I'm just praying. And instead of praying for the car to start and wishing and hoping, I was praying because I felt grateful. And in the corner of my eye, I kind of see that they these men are stuck in one space and they've been stuck there for a while. They done moved through the whole parking garage, done pushed the car. And while they're about to be out of the parking garage, they get stuck there and they're stuck there for 10 whole minutes. Right. And now I start praying with authority. It was almost as if I wasn't even the one praying. Now I'm talking to God like, God, they're stuck there. God, I'm going to need you to get them out. There's no way that you brought these people in my path. Like the car is almost out. You mean to tell me it's not going to come out? God, I'm going to need you to be that fifth, that sixth man. And I'm going to need you to help them and push them out. Use your hand as a sixth man. I'm going to need you to stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Be that six man and push that car out. I was not hoping the car was get out. I was believing that it was going to get out so much to the point where I was speaking with authority. I wasn't asking God. I was demanding God. I was God. A God, I'm going to need you to get this car out. Ain't no way you had all these people stay up here and help me. And a car's almost out and it's going to get stuck like that. Ain't no way, God. I'm going to need you to be that fifth, that six man. And I'm going to need you to push it on out of this this underground parking garage. That's how I was talking. Like I'm not asking. I'm not hoping I'm believing. And I'm telling, I'm saying that it's going to happen. God, I'm gonna need you to be that sixth person. And I'm gonna need you to get that car out of there. Use your sixth hand and just push that car up out of there. Right now. This is how I'm like, this is my energy. Like it's authority. You walking in your authority. You walking in your power. That's how I'm praying. Ain't no doubt in my mind. Like I'm telling God, I'm gonna need you to let this happen right now. Ain't no doubt. You know, it, it reminded me of sh the story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Basically, long story short, three men that were sent to a fiery furnace by the king. Right. And the king went to go see if these three men that were put in the fiery pit, if they was dead and the king saw four men instead of three men because the fourth man was God. So I was like, God, I'm going to need you to be that sixth man and stand up and be in there with them. I'm going to need you to help them. Period. It reminded me of that. Right. And just in the verse that we just read, like God will be with you when you're in your fiery pit and you will remain unharmed, bro. I'm telling God, I'm going to need you to be that sixth person and push it up out of here. Straight like that. And guess what? I opened the, and I'm praying with my eyes closed. I opened my eyes. The car was out of there. I said, I know, know we go together real bad, right? Because there was a shift in the way that I was praying. Before I was praying with fingers crossed. Now I'm praying. I'm, say, I'm saying, God, I'm going to need you to let it. Yeah. The authority, the power. There was no doubt. I wasn't hoping. I was telling. I was saying that it was going to happen. It's a matter of time, God. I'm going to stand up. Stand up. That's what I was saying. Yeah. So there was a shift. It was almost as if I wasn't the one praying. And I was just thinking, God, I was like, once I seen that, it's like I felt God. I was like, God, you're here with me, bro. You been here with me. And that's how I be praying to God. Like, don't judge me. Uh, one thing about it, two things for sure. I'm going to pray to God like he's right there because he is. Yeah. So I was praying to God. And once I see, after I was praying like that with so much power and authority and seeing it move. Bro, it's like I felt God like God was just like confirming and affirming. Honestly, it happened because God was protecting me from something bigger. Right. Getting robbed. Yeah, I lost things. They were all replaceable, but getting locked up. The Lord knew I couldn't survive in there. So he was like, yeah, we're going to get uh, do a little one, two. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to be there with you. They ain't going to hurt you, stink. It's a controlled fire. 
Okay, they are not going to hurt you. I'm gonna need you to just realize you've been driving with a suspended license, babe. I know you ain't gonna. I know you <laughs> you you can't even make it to jail. And if you went to jail, babe. Yeah, your family all the way out there. You can't get locked up over here. I got you. We're going to do this control because I need you to be aware of this, right? Cool. Yeah, I'm going to need your car to break down. You know what? It's going to be controlled because I'm going to let it break down in the church parking lot, right? I'm going to let it break down. In the so the people that's going to help you, it's going to be your church people. You're going to make connections with people in the church, bro. You're going to get that community. These people are going to stick beside you. They're going to stay with you the whole time because you've been driving around with liability. And maybe a month from now, you could have had an accident. And I don't want you to keep paying on a car that you can't even use that you got to pay for repairs for. You've been driving around with liability, girl. Yeah, but you need full coverage. And I don't think... Listen, I ain't going to let you be aware that you don't have full coverage when you get that into that accident. OK, we're going to stop the car right here. Controlled environment, controlled environment. I could have gotten stopped anywhere. I was stopped on the church. The Lord didn't even let me get two feet away. I put that car in reverse. I went to put it in drive. It said, <laughs> hold your horses, babe. <laughs> you ain't going nowhere. How about that? And I was just like. God, thank you. And I realized there was a shift. I have changed so much because me a couple years ago would have been blaming God. I'm like, really, God? Like, really? It's when I get robbed now. Not even a week later. This is what's going to happen. I would have had a victim mindset, right? I would have made people feel sorry for me. I would have blamed everybody else. I would have just felt bad for myself. And I wouldn't. I really would have just been unpleasant. Just blame God. Like, see, that's what I'm saying. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it was fake. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it was fake. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew you wasn't really protecting me because why would you let this happen to blame God? But guess what? God has been working so much in my life that instead of blaming him, baby, I'm going to praise him. You know, one of my favorite songs is praise him in advance. I've had my shares of ups and downs, times when there was no one around. God came and spoke these words to me. Praise will confuse the enemy. I love that song because even in your troubles, even when things not looking good, you're going to be confusing people because you just grateful. Like, how you grateful you got a gun pulled out on you? You confusing people. You confused. I'm lost. When I would tell people that, they'd be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry that happened to you. It was meant to happen. See, when you have that shift in your perspective, I'm not going to feel sorry for myself because I think more good came out of the situation than the bad. God gave me community to show me you're not here by yourself. You think you're here in Houston by yourself? No, I'm sending people to you. I'm sending people to hold space with you. I'm sending people to be here with you while you're going through. You're not by yourself and you don't have to be by yourself. Like I'm so used to being so self-sufficient and, and helping myself and not really relying on others and struggle even asking for help that it's like when they helped me, I just felt like thank you was not enough. Being from New York, you know. People could have the tendency of being kind of cold. People just kind of mind their business. Ain't nobody going to help you. You just got to learn how to help yourself. So even if things will take me 10 times longer when I do it by myself, I'm going to just do it the way that takes me 10 times long because I realize I can't ask for help. And even if I do, they're not going to help me. That's kind of where I came from. That's the New York side, the Southern side. They like, what can we do to help? Like, are you okay? Like, da da da. And I'm almost like, what's the catch? Y'all need money? What's tea? What I gotta do? Right? And I realized these people wanted to help me because that's what God's people do. These people wanted to help me with without expecting anything from me it's almost like I felt like saying thank you was not enough it's almost like do you want money do you want this like I felt like saying thank you was not enough what can I do to pay you back and I realized I can't pay them back only God could pay them back and they weren't looking for me to pay them back God sent me a sense of community God sent me people because I didn't have to be alone I didn't have to do it 
all by myself as I've been operating in the past. I never had that. I, I, I felt like I just had to do it by myself and nobody was coming to my rescue. Outside looking in, you could kind of think that I was crying because my car wouldn't start because I'm having car trouble. Like, oh my God, like my car. But I was crying because like, I felt so loved. Like the love that God gives, I felt surrounded by that. And literally, I feel somebody grab me by my arms, like kind of like on your shoulder, kind of like to comfort you, like kind of hold you. And it almost startled me. I thought it was my friend because she was the only other person in the vicinity of me in the whole garage right and it was this lady who I did not see the whole entire night okay (laughs) this is freaky okay this lady comes to me and she starts repeating everything that I was just praying about literally everything to a T you would have thought she was in a corner listening to me pray and it was almost freaky like I kind of had to like kind of stop myself from getting all wide-eyed like hold up now you in my business (laughs) no let me stop but I almost had to kind of like control my facial expressions from like getting wide-eyed and getting spooked out because I'm like whoa this is weird she's literally repeating everything back to me the way I was just praying about it You would have thought she was there listening the whole time. She was like, listen, God allowed everything to happen the way it was supposed to. Da da da. Like you, your car could have stopped in the middle of the highway. It stopped here on holy ground. These people, you was meant to meet them. This is divine. God is with you. God been here. God is with you. I'm like, hold up. And it's crazy. She pulled up while I'm saying, God, you're here. God, you're here. I felt like God sent her there to affirm everything that I was saying, everything that I was believing. Because I'm so early in my faith journey, this is the first time I've been really walking with God, going together real bad with God. You know, like this is the first time I've been very intentional with my faith. Right. And 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 when you start off, your faith could be, you know, they talk about the faith of a mustard seed. My faith was kind of like a mustard seed because when I first started praying, like it was almost hoping and doubting and fingers crossed. And I realized God sent a physical being to confirm. Sometimes in your early walks of faith, like you don't know when God is talking to you. You don't know if the the voice, the small voice in the back of your head is God. And you don't know if it's just your own internal thought. You don't know. It was almost scary, bro. Like, I want to say I had an encounter with God. Literally. Because she literally sent me. This woman that was literally saying exactly what I was just praying to God about in an empty parking lot. The parking lot was empty. I didn't see her the whole entire night. And she came and she confirmed everything for me. And I was like, thank you, God. It's crazy. And I started bawling because I realized what was happening. I was aware, like, bro, this isn't coincidental. I don't believe in coincidences for real. Like I feel like there's purpose in everything. Like God sent that woman there to confirm everything for me. And when she was about to leave me, she hugged me and said, this is from God and hugged me. I lost it. (laughs) Listen, I lost it. I was like, bro. And I embraced her as if I was hugging God. Like that's how it felt to me because like, I realized God was using her to tell me exactly what I needed to hear in that moment. And so I I was just, I felt so incredibly blessed. And for those of you who don't have faith and, and don't have these awarenesses, it could be like, bless girl, you got, you don't got a car. Your license is suspended. Now your car ain't working. You just had a gun pulled out on you. You still, I feel so blessed. God sent me community. God sent me people. God sent that lady to literally confirm everything. And 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 in hindsight, I'm glad that everything happened the way it was supposed to. And this happened maybe like two weeks ago. And so that's why I had to kind of shift what I was going to speak about. Because what I was going, listen, next week, I'm going to need y'all to tune on in, okay? I'm going to need y'all to tune in because next week is going to be fire, okay? I was pumped to do next week's episode, but I realized after everything that happened, I needed to speak on this because I learned so much. I was almost reluctant because it happened 
<sighs> so recently and I didn't tell my family about it. I was almost reluctant to do it, but I feel like there's so much power in your story. And I hope that this helps somebody else out. I know it could be super hard and, and, and when you're going through troubles, but just know God is there. God is with you. Whether you feel like it, God is there with you, like right next to you. You may not feel like he is and, and your situation, regardless of what the situation it is, like they, it could suck and, and you could be going through it, but just know like that's not the end goal. Like that's just a toll. Okay. You paying your toll. It's annoying. Don't, don't nobody like paying no tolls. First of all, me included, <laughs> but it's not going to stop you from your destiny. Everything happens for a purpose. There's lessons in everything. Although everything that happened to me was inconvenient and it sucked, I don't feel bad for myself. I actually feel blessed. I feel so incredibly blessed. And I, I realized that it needed to happen. And I understand sometimes it's easy to come here and try to motivate you. And then when it, I, I talk about these practical tools, practical, practical, practice, practice. And when you're in it, it's hard to practice it because it's like this sucks. And right now, I don't want to think positively and I don't want to be have the right perspective. I want to just ball up and I want to cry. And that's okay sometimes. But cry now. Collect yourself. And understand what God says about you. Understand that God is with you. He's been there. He's going to be there to the end. You only see what's happening right now. You don't see the end. You just see the present. So I'm just here to encourage somebody. Uh, Mama, if you heard this, I'm still good. I'm still straight. God is keeping me close, period. But um, yeah, thank you so much for tuning in. Like, comment, subscribe. Give me a rating. Wherever you listen to this podcast, give your girl a rating. Write me something. And you know what? Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to me. Y'all a real one, period.